Welcome to Midnight Slumber. I am your host, Zach Miller. Join me as we take a journey through the alternate realities that take place after midnight. Greed. According to Merriam-Webster, it is defined as, quote, a selfish and excessive desire for more of something such as money than is needed, end quote. In this story, greed shows itself, but not in the form of wanting money. Oh no, it shows up for something much more sinister than acquiring wealth. Here is the story, Blood Fruit. Strolling along the brilliantly white, sandy beach, the water lapses against my feet. My girlfriend's hands rest in mine, and we are comforted by the cool ocean breeze. The slowly setting sun is a purple and orange hue which illuminates the sky and the sand. Unfortunately, with the dying light, we must leave this wonderful place. Up ahead, my car gleams and sparkles a wonderful dark red almost pearlescent in this light. We get into my car, and I rev the engine for takeoff. My brother, sitting, leaning back in the back seat, rolls his window down and tilts his shades away from his face, saying, We need to hurry. The rain is coming. With that statement, we take off, kicking sand up behind us as we hit the paved road. The sky is growing black with rain clouds that are all around us. A massive group of mountains are way off in the distance and I know we must make it to them to be safe. The winding road ahead is going to be a challenge. The rain slams down behind us, quickly overtaking my car. It becomes extremely hard to see and my brother shouts behind me trying to navigate the road. My girlfriend is completely frightened, praying that we can make it to the mountains safely. The sky roars with darkness as a massive tornado forms behind us. It slams to the ground, shaking the car and everything around. We scream at blistering speeds down this dirt road, passing by fields of tall grass and wheat. Debris flies by our windows, bumping and scraping the car. More tornadoes surround us. I can feel the car starting to slow and rise off the ground. We are yanked into the sky, blinded by flashes of lightning. My sight slowly returns. I can see the storm raging on below us. And I notice I am no longer in my car. I'm standing on top of one of the mountains that was off in the distance. I take a step back and turn to see my brother sitting on a wooden crate. My girlfriend is tending a row of trees. With this sight, a sense of calm washes over me knowing we are safe. The trees that are in this row stand only six feet tall. It's easy for just about anyone to pick. There is a bright red fruit that hangs from the trees. They are not apples or pomegranates, but something I've never seen before. The boxes that my brother is next to have a shipping label on them. I realize that this plant we are growing is also what we are shipping. I see a giant wooden shed that is next to the row of trees. As I step in, 
there are shelves full of jars. And inside these jars are that bright red fruit. I open one of the jars and pull it out. It's a strange shape, triangular, like a pyramid. The connecting sides have sharp edges, but on top where the point is, it's smooth, inviting you to peel it from there. It's a velvety texture and much heavier than I expected. I go to take a bite, but before I can, I feel a tug on my right pants leg. Looking down, I see an orangish-brown monkey looking up at me. It has sad, hungry eyes, and it speaks. It asks if it can have a piece of the fruit. Looking around, seeing the abundance of fruit that we have, I gladly offer it to him. He graciously takes the fruit from my hand and stares at it, wide-eyed with joy and amazement. I want to say to him, go ahead, take a bite. But before I can, he shoves the fruit violently into his mouth, devouring it. The monkey quickly jumps onto the shelves, knocking all the jars over and consuming every fruit in sight. I rush forward at the animal, trying to get it to stop as it darts off towards the trees. I turn and shout for help, trying to warn them, but there is nothing we can do. The monkey is destroying everything. My brother tosses my girlfriend something, and she rushes over, placing it in my hand. They both rush off, trying to stop the destruction. I look at what she's handed me, and it's a seed. I know I must hide it. I clench the seed in my hand as I see the monkey eat the last piece of fruit. The trees are barren and dead. Crates are destroyed. Wood lays everywhere. The whole place looks as if a bomb has gone off. The monkey now looks back at me and asks, Is there more? I say nothing. He slowly approaches and asks if I am hiding something from him. Again, I say nothing. He stares deep into my eyes, and I finally say he has taken everything. There is nothing left for him to eat. He glares at me, and then starts to skip away, but tells me he will always be following me. He knows I have some more somewhere. He scurries out of view and off the mountain. I turn to look at the seed in my hand, and as I look up, the mountain changes. I am now standing in a very bright green hillside. It's picturesque. The hillside has rows and rows of deep cuts for planting. There are many red, black, and gold homesteads running throughout. I am in an ancient Asian village, standing next to my red hut, which is the most elaborate of them all. Gold pillars holding up the golden roof. There are sketches of all kinds of dragons, creatures, and stories etched on the side. On the hillside, there are tons of trees with this triangular red fruit on them. I walk along the side of my house, admiring the vast amount of fruit. I turn and look at the front of my home and see one tree next to the massive entrance. Decades must have passed for all of these to have grown. I notice now that I have grown much older as well. I have gray hair and a long gray beard. 
I reach forward and gently pluck one of the flowers from my tree. I peel it open, revealing the red fruit inside. Not only that, but the monkey appears from around the corner and angrily asks for the fruit in my hand. He demands it. I look directly into his eyes and tell him he is banished forever. A look of fear shoots across his face as two giant samurai guards appear. They are decorated in the most elaborate gold and black metal I've ever seen. They each grab him by an arm and take him away, outside of this village, outside of this beautiful oasis. Going back to the fruit in my hand, a smile finally crosses my face. I am finally going to get to enjoy this fruit. I peel back the very translucent green outer leaf, revealing the bright and red juicy core. It looks so good. I take a bite, and I am instantly filled with joy as the sweet, sweet liquid flows over my tongue. It is the sweetest fruit I have ever tasted. So much juice runs from this fruit that it pours out of my mouth and onto my hands, staining the golden kimono that I am wearing. I try to quickly clean the fruit from my outfit, but realize it is not juice. It's blood that's spilling onto me. Lots of blood. I let go of the fruit, and it falls into a dirty wheelbarrow. The village is now a dirty sidewalk that lays under a bridge. Looking around, there's only homeless people sleeping. A few thugs in their leather jackets, and a few groups of dirty people standing around trash fires they have made. It's a cold night, and I need to keep warm too. I look back at the fruit, and it's gone. No trace of it. I am covered in blood like a vampire who has just freshly eaten. Everyone stares at me, emotionless. No one is moving, but the flames flicker, making them seem to come closer and closer to me as I realize that I am the thing they are afraid of. Childhood memories bring a lot of joy to my life, particularly when talking about my grandmother. She was extremely kind and a spectacular cook. When I was a kid, one of my favorite things to do with her was play hide and seek. When we would play, there was a TV box that I liked to hide in. This story tells a little bit about those memories. Here is Box Ghost. I am in my grandmother's house. However, I am my younger self, maybe six years of age. This house is full of joy and laughter. I have always cherished coming over to spend time with my grandmother. It's a one-story house with brownish-yellow shag carpeting in most of the rooms and pine wood floors that run down the hall leading into the kitchen. The house smells old, a little dusty, and remnants of food from my grandmother's recent cooking. Oh, she loves to cook, and the smell of her food is enticing. 
I can smell the turkey, the dressing, and the pecan pie all coming out of the oven now. It makes me want to run into the kitchen so badly, but I'm hiding. As we are playing hide and seek, so if I did, I would only be giving up on the game, which means I would lose. And as a kid, who am I kidding? Even as an adult, I don't like to lose. At this moment, I am hiding in the dark hallway near the bathroom. The hallway is full of bookcases, a chair, small table, and a few other knickknacks that are too old to tell what they are. The bathroom to my right is a teal blue color. It is a great hiding place, but I don't really like to hide there since I always see ants. As a kid, I am terrified they might bite me. Plus, in this spot, I have a clear line of sight to the kitchen where she is looking for me now. I know because I saw her pass by. I wanted to hide in there behind the pantry, but I knew she would find me if I did. As I stare into the kitchen, I hear creaking start to come down the hallway. I bolt and dive around the corner, heading into the living room. It is a mobile version of hide and seek. The windows line the left side of the room, letting tons of light in. There is a chair and a couch, both made of the most uncomfortable materials in the world. I hate those things, as they make my skin itch every time I sit on them. It is made of some kind of scratchy wood material, so I never really like to hide behind them either. I do see my favorite box standing up in the middle of this golden lit room. I frantically open it and think, this is a perfect hiding spot. This cardboard box is one place that I've been able to play in countless times, and she barely ever finds me. It's perfect. A big box standing in the middle of the room? She will never look here. It's too weird. It's just big enough for me to fit in comfortably, and small enough that only I can hide in it. I scramble in, hurrying so that she won't see me get in it. It's dark in here, except for the thin stream of light seeping in. I stare through the crack, holding my laughter back as I know I have her fooled. I hear her coming back around and into the dining room, which is straight in front of me. In there is a big dining room table, able to fit more people than I can count. I love hiding under that table, but I hid there last time, so I can't do that again. Plus, my mom doesn't want me to hide in there, as I might break something expensive. I guess glass is expensive, but at my age, so is a Hot Wheels car. I can hear her getting even closer now. I begin to get giddy and excited, hoping she won't find me. Her shadow appears, and I hold back a giggle. But as she comes into the room, it's not her. All my senses heighten, and I immediately hush. I do not want to be found. In front of me lays the most terrifying ghost I have ever seen. The ghost looks as if it could hurt me by just touching me with its sharp fingers. It slowly moves its head back and forth, looking for me. I try to stay silent as it approaches the living room. 
A small whimper is let out due to my terror. There is nothing I could do to hold it in. Its head snaps forward in my direction. It closes in on the box, slowly extending a hand, and I scream for my grandmother to save me. The hand penetrates the box door, and a flash of white blinds me. I wake, screaming, in my empty bedroom. If you'd like to leave a comment, find out more about this show, or just say how much you hate spiders, check the links in the description. I'm your host, Zach Miller, and thanks for listening. Have a good midnight slumber.